welcome to Conversations on Karate. Hi, Greg. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. All of them <laughs> for everyone. <laughs> and we're joined by Joe, Joe Andrews. Hello, Joe. Hello, guys. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Joe. Happy New Year. Happy How, New Year. How's, how's it going, Joe? Oh, all right. Best it can be. New Year, new me and all that. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Something, something like that, yeah. So what have you been up to, Joe? I know for a fact that you've been training because um, I've been training with you. So what have you been up to? Well, 2020 has completely changed my whole life. Yeah. Uh, I had to I had to rethink, retrain. Um, so uh, a lot of my time has been invested in the club. Obviously, we, we, we've been training outside over the summer. And then where it got too dark and too cold, we then went into private tuition. So a lot, that's, that's where I've been most of uh, autumn and winter and probably now through the spring. Uh, the guidelines have made it pretty clear that classes are not viable. Um, and all the time I've been retraining as a personal trainer, which is great to include into the club, but it's a, it's a, it's a, new career path for me so lots of sleepless nights but it's all going to be worth it yeah so you've spent a lot of time working on what can be offered and what can't be offered yeah yeah it's the the the, i understand that everyone gets frustrated when the when the guidelines change but more so for when the, the the conditions of the guidelines change the direction of which you're going when it affects your job it, yeah you have to really be on top of it like I've, I've been on the gov website quite frequently over over the past year trying to make sure that i'm familiarized with all the rules so that i know i'm, I'm doing everything correctly and so far i have so well that's really good well i know i've had some training with you and you've been you've been telling me you've been reflecting quite a lot on you know just yeah how you feel about about training and who's offering what and you know you've had all sorts of of thoughts on that I mean one thing was that you know you were talking about the personal training that you're learning and how that's affecting the way you're thinking about how karate is taught oh absolutely I (laughs) um so I don't I don't know if a lot of people know but um to be qualified as a personal trainer, you have to be qualified as a fitness instructor first. It, without going into what the difference is, but it's it's all done in layers. And I did my fitness instructor course um, prior to setting up the club because I I always wondered why you never have to be qualified in anything to be a, to be a martial arts instructor. When I say qualified, I mean a qualification. You have, you have to be certified, affiliated. You have to have insurance. We all we all know that. But you don't necessarily need a qualification. As I got sort of through the black belt ranks, I started thinking, yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me. So I went, I proactively went and did a fitness instructor course. Um, and it made me realize that there's a lot of things we do in karate that are wrong. Even things like the warm up, we do it totally wrong, completely wrong. And there's no wonder that there are so many um, veteran karateka that have injuries 
it blows my mind. I mean, that's that's without actually going into the session. That's just that's before you even started, and it made it made me forever glad that I did it. Um, and all this personal training course has done is just expanded on that, and it's it's really made me question. Do do we do we need to have more certification and more qualification to go into becoming a karate teacher or a martial arts instructor? It's 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 alarming. If I if I went through the list of things that are wrong, and then I and then I started to kind of I, me and Greg, we 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 are, um, the generation of karateka that we weren't taught by the Japanese, but our instructors were taught by the Japanese. So in that lineage, we're sort of maybe fourth or fifth generation Japanese karate. And it was made very apparent to me, not to, not to sort of tear into my instructors, but it, it was very apparent to me that knowledge passed through karate is, is transferred. It's not, it's not gained, it's not added to, it's information passed to a student that's passed to another student and so on so nothing's added nothing's progressed nothing's modernized there's new there's no new thinking and ever since um i joined the bca which um when i when i met greg he, he was already in the bca so he was already sort of a few years ahead of me and it made me realize that there is tradition when we talk about traditional karate and you call it what you want, modern karate, contemporary karate, progressive. I prefer the term progressive karate. That um, people are challenged the status quo. And I, when I say status quo, I mean it, it is, it's very tepid. Like nothing's changed. Yeah, the syllabus is perfect. The way we do things is perfect. No, it, it, the, the entire world, every, everything else gets challenged. Everything else progresses. But karate has been uh, tepid. For, for for far too long there needs to be some serious change and I know that karate is really hard to govern because there are so many governing bodies and so many associations unlike taekwondo or judo which is a lot easier to govern with karate we need to do some serious change in karate that's yeah. my ref that's my re long reflection <laughs> Questions. <laughs> I mean, I agree hundred percent. We've spoke about this for a long time, really. The three of us, especially. You know, there is that there is a lot of change that needs to happen, and it is happening. It's just taking its time. But like I think we, we've said before, Sue. That I don't know if it's just the group of people we. Jesus, that was a cat flap. Sorry. Um, I don't know if it's a. Uh, a group of people that we associate with now, but you see less and less of that um, tepid, I like the word, yeah, the tepid karate, and you see more of the progressive stuff, which is good. People are thinking. That, that, that's great, but that shouldn't be solely to an association or a governing body. That's the problem, is that it, they, there, there seems to be barriers. Every, every association or governing body seems to be in its own cocoon, and we need to break through that and try and spread the word. And people like Ian Abernethy, Andy Allen, um, even to the extent of people like Vince Morris, 
you know, these people are, <laughs> they are trying to do this. And you can, you're only going to be able to break the barriers if both parties break down their walls. Mm. So, so the, so the, the progressive associations are trying to spread the word, but that's no good if the traditionalists hold their cocoon. I, I, I actually commented on something that Andy Allen posted uh, about a month ago. He posted in in a Shotokan magazine. And I actually commented saying, I used to be a subscriber of Shotokan magazine. It is a fairly... It's a, it's a fairly close-minded magazine. Mm. It's very much people talking about how they practice the karate that they do. No one's talking about new ideas and uh, new processes or challenging things. So he's come in and lit a fire under them with the with the article uh, Kihon Waza is a is a tool, not a goal. Mm. I imagine that would have upset a lot of people. But I'm glad he 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 he, he attacked the status quo. Yeah, I've 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 seen that and I've seen his video as well on that. And uh, yeah, that's one thing that I've definitely taken away from from him and people like Ian is the is the whole Kihon way of training. And we spoke about it before. is is just pointless the way it's done traditionally. You know, it just there's no like you said, there's no progression. There's no real kind of depth to it. It doesn't really teach you a lot. It upsets me when I, I go through Facebook. I, 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 I like a lot of sort of Facebook groups and forums. And, and it upsets me when I scroll through Facebook and I scroll through one piece from a page and it's a progressive karate page. And it's somebody that's, again, they're pushing, they're, they're, they're making people think differently. They're expanding outside of karate. And then I scroll down a little bit further and it's from another page, but it's a more traditionalist page. And it's three hundred four for fifth dans in a dojo, just sat in Kibadachi doing chokazuki. Mm. I did that when I was a white belt. Mm-hmm. I, 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 it's, it's such a juxtaposition that it makes me think: Have we lost connection? Have we completely has has karate come to the West and it's just lost all control? We we've lost all ties. I think it's just one of those things like who was it that made a video about the boxer rebellion recently? It might have been Jesse and the influence that yeah. had on karate. I think you're, you're still feeling it today. You know, you put, we, we look at the stuff that we say is new in karate, like, you know, focus mitts and more freestyle stuff. It's not new to, you know, boxers, kickboxers, MMA fight. Boxers have been doing it since the like. It's nothing new. No, but, I mean, if you if you follow any any uh, progressive cracker, they always talk about that. Karate hasn't hasn't um, lacked this this material. It's always been there, but it was there right at the beginning of the of the lineage when when. The Chinese influence came in, and the and the 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 lineage expanded into into all of the what would eventually become all the different styles. Um, 
So everybody, so it's, it was very, it was very linear. Then everybody started training with everybody, and then that's where the styles came from. It's, a, it's quite. A, if you've ever seen a lineage like a, a karate lineage like that, it's, it, it's, it's very sort of. It's in three, three definitive stages. Every one teacher had one student. Then you had the likes of Funakoshi, Matobu, Chibana. They all started. Oh, I want to train with this guy. I want to train with this guy, like we do now. Then it then it went linear again, which it kind of lost all inspiration. So in that brief moment in time, we were doing what karate should should be now. And then everybody went into their own subcategories and was like, oh, like I can't do that. That's go Drew, and I can't do that. That's judo. We lost we lost all the point. Mm-hmm. A lot of people lost. Yeah. They lost a goal for training. Do you know what I mean? Like, like karate is kind of one of those things is, is people go into it maybe with a vague goal of self-defense, but there's no real goal for, for the syllabus. I'm talking traditional syllabus. There's no real goal to achieve. You know? There's no real goal to achieve there. It's just you get good at, you know, doing line work and doing kata. Was you look at the way boxers train, and MMA fighters train, or just let's just say professional fighters in general, everything they do is goal orientated. You know, there, there's nothing they do that doesn't benefit the end result of what that goal is, which is to win a fight. Do you know what I mean? Does that yeah. make sense? Which, but, which, which brings me back to my earlier point training as a personal trainer, that's the very first thing you do mm-hmm. is you, you take, you know, you. You have a very brief chat. Let's get to let's get to know you a little bit, and then we go. Well, what's your ambition? What do you want? That's the very one, like one of the very first questions. But we don't do that in the dojo, do we? You ju- you're just you're just expected to um, follow the system, and I think that's probably that that probably causes a lot more problems than we think, and that you assume that every that every Every person of any ability or any creed can just come in and just do what's expected when somebody might have a completely different ambition. Well, good. Like, like you said, from back in the day where everyone kind of trained with everyone, that was when people were goal set. And, and you know, not everyone learned the same kata. Not everyone did the same kata the same way because it was based on their ability, their strengths, their weaknesses. Um, you know. Well, I mean... In- in, I mean, in those in those days, yeah, it was like, oh, I want to be, I want to be as peaceful as Funakoshi. I want to be as hard as Matobu. I want to be as relentless as Masayama. You know, you you could do that these days. Mm. Oh, I, I want to be as I want to be as good as uh, Bunkai as Ian Abenefi. Go and train with Ian Abenefi. You, you know, you can. Believe it or not, I'm. I'm I'm coming. I'm talking about my club. I'm not talking about the association I used to be in, but the club I used to be in, you you, you weren't encouraged to do that. Mm. And it's only when I sort of broke out and realised, wow, there's like a whole world of karate <laughs> that, that I wasn't exposed to. Yeah, but that that um, I think we were talking the other day, Joe, and I was saying that you know, it took how long did it take us in doing conversations on karate to talk to authors? to talk to people who'd written extensive books about Itosu and the work that they do and how practical they were and how there was so much 
these books are out there. They're talked about. How many of them have referenced heavily on Patrick McCarthy's work? And how much of, has he taken? And he's well known. It, it absolutely blows me away that this is not considered known about. Yeah, I mean, in, in so-called traditional um, karate, when it's there's, it took us so little time to, to for people to come to us with their books and tell us about this stuff, it's amazed. It amazes me. I mean, it's out there and it's known and it's been known for decades. You know, Pat McCarthy's not new at the game. Exactly. Doing it for decades, but you know, if people are set on a thing, you know, you won't you know you can spend as much time as you want trying to convince them otherwise it won't change you know and i think it goes back to what we said before if someone's spent 40 years at a certain thing and then all of a sudden you come and say actually this is a better way of doing it you know people dig their heels in and they're, they're not going to move and it's understandable yeah. yeah a lot of people don't like change yeah which is fair enough um i think like we've said the issue comes where you try and sell that as something that is not you know, I think there's room for that 3K karate. Just don't sell it as something that it's not. Don't sell it to some, you know, bullied 10-year-old kid that they're going to learn it and then be able to defend themselves and, you know, be able to fight off the world. Do you know what I mean? Sell it for what it is. Which And, and there are things it is good at. And there are things that it's not so good at. The same with the progressive stuff, I guess. I think we just need to get to a point where everyone accepts that there's multiple ways of doing it and we just learn from everyone, you know. It'd be great yeah. to have a massive seminar where you have you have Ian, you have Andy Allen, you have Pat McCarthy, and then on the other you know, for for one day and then the next day you've got, you know, like guys like Frank Brennan or some of the KUGB JKA guys doing their thing and just have everyone swap ideas and yeah good health mm. i was watching um youtube the other day and um i realized that the the guys who used to run the fight perfect youtube channel are back yeah. i know um it's called the fight bible now i think mm -hmm. and i saw one of their drills um brad did a drill with um a bantamweight fighter i think he was a, an mma fighter am i right you might have seen that and it was you know the, the way that they do it so it's so neat it's kind of like right this is the drill you're going to do you know hook cross jab cross or whatever it was but at this point you're going to step across hide the hook and do it so he showed it demonstrated it both sides did it again twice slowly showed it too fast and then started throwing in a multiple strikes and then like now do the drill and i've trained like that with you guys several times andy allen is starting to show that in his own whether he's starting to he might have been doing it for ages but it is such a practical disciplined way to learn something mm. it's clean it's tidy and it's extremely effective because he's showing you the reason for it as well this is how you hide it this is how you change your angle it's, it's brilliant. It's so nice to see. I think um, some of the some of the issues with the way, like, because that that's a good way to train, you know. And when you've got kind of a group of three or four, it's easy to do, you know. Or if it's just like 
two of you training is even better. It's easy. One of you holds the pads, one of you coaches the other one. When you've got a class of 30, it becomes difficult if you're one instructor. You know, I think that's where a lot of this, just just copy me and we're just going to stay in the line. That's where it comes from because you can't spend time going around everyone and, you know, holding pads for everyone and you do it. So I think that's where a lot of it comes from. And maybe that's why it's, like you've said, Joe, you look at the class, sometimes you've got 400 black belts in there. You know, how, how can you see 400 different people individually? You just can't. No. But, yeah. And in my experience of training with, with supposedly high-ranking martial arts, they don't, more often than not, they don't tend to say something groundbreaking. No. It's, it's been, they're going by their name and by their by their rank. I'm I'm not generalising by any by any means. I'm not going to name names, but there are many occasions where yeah, some, someone said something like, you know, foot that way. People go yes, yeah, that that that's completely new. No, no, no. We're talking about your foot. We're not talking about like a completely new way of thinking about your training. You're talking about like a technical correction. People go, oh, that's absolutely amazing. I need to know this. This guy knows what he's talking about. Your idea of progression is very different to the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Yes, I don't know if it's ever going to change, though. You know, I don't know if we're ever going to get to that point where, you know, like you said, we people people do start breaking down the doors and we do start, you know, all changing. I don't think it's going to happen. I think people are too stuck in their ways. I think if it was going to happen by now, it would have happened. Because, like we said, it's been going on for decades now. I mean, we, 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 me and Sue have talked before, and we've talked extensively about the Japanese influence into Western karate, and that's something that I have. Whilst whilst over COVID and objectively looking at my training and looking at karate generally, I think there is too much of an Eastern influence on Western martial arts. 100%. 100%. Now, I'll tell you what, what got me thinking this is um, I, I'm interested in Japanese culture. So mm-hmm. I'll, watch, I'll watch Japanese documentaries and um, a couple that, have, uh, that I have been watching sort of over the past couple of lockdowns. Is, there was one with uh, James May. And there was one with um, Paul Hollywood. So it was very different. Like James May was coming in from a touristic point of view. And then Paul Hollywood was looking at it from a culinary point of view. Love to do karate. Like they're very, very lightly touched on martial arts. But they were purely looking at it from a cultural point of view. And it, by the end of both of those documentaries, I was, I was just thinking, this is, this is why we do karate the, the way we do. I mean, just to pick out a couple of examples, um, Paul Hollywood went to went to he went to visit a chef. I can't I, I cannot rightfully remember what kind of chef he was, but he was a chef that he cooked a specific thing, and it was it was a specific meal or a specific kind of meat, and he was asking him like like you know do you cook anything else? He said no no, no. In, in our culture we we believe in perfection we believe in mastery we cook this one thing and we spend our whole life studying it improving and but he didn't cook anything else and that 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 alarmed me and then that 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 made me think well that's what 
that like the days I used to do karate, that's what it used to be like. It was all about the perfect Oizuki and the perfect Zenkutsudachi. Then there was um so cutting across to the James May documentary, he went and spoke to a guy whose job was to rake gravel in a public garden. And he'd been doing it for forty seven years. And he still had a boss. He had not been promoted. He had no other responsibilities. That was his role. But the way that the the, the boss had kind of uh, had, had pitched the job to him was that it was a craft, and that it was going to take a lifetime to master it. It was raking gravel. I was, I, I was like shouting at the screen, going, "That is not, that is not something that needs to be mastered." It's raking gravel. There's a whole curriculum. If you if you were learning how to master the whole public gardens, maybe I'd have a different opinion on that. I'd be like, okay, yeah, there's, you know, it, 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 it then becomes a craft. But he was doing one, he had one job. And like these documentaries, they just, made, they, they just said, they just screamed to me, that is what's wrong with Western traditional uh, karate slash martial arts is that there's too I think there's too much of an eastern culture and I'm not I'm not trying to sound xenophobic I love Japanese culture I love everything about it but Japanese culture is in Japan yeah that's what makes it so special it's Japanese culture in Japan that Japanese people follow and I I love that and I'd love to go to Japan one day and absorb that all up that doesn't mean i want to bring it home you know we're westerners we have a very different way you know japanese practitioners they could train 8 12 15 hours a day and they love it we can't do that we we get bored we need variety you know we're just a, we're just a very different culture mm-hmm. so when you when you walk into a dojo and you're telling people that if you want to get good at karate you have to stand on top of a mountain and do Oizukis for eight hours a day. Which I go, no, no, mate, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I got stuff to do. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you make that makes complete sense. Yeah, it is. And if you think when it, when the whole reason Japanese karate is the way it is is because Funakoshi made it that way to fit with the Japanese culture. It wasn't yeah. like before, and the fact so 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 it went from China to Okinawa and it changed culturally to the more Okinawan way you know with closing the fist instead of opening the hand or whatever they say and then Funakoshi takes it to Japan it changes again and then it stays it's stuck it's not changed it's not changed to American karate well I mean it has in the different I guess you've got freestyle that's where kickboxing comes from I guess but yeah like you said it's not it's not progressed from there but why why can't karate change Everything else changes. I mean, just off the top of my head, I'm thinking football. Football, we've brought in, we've brought in extra refs, virtual refs, the VAR. They're, they're, they're trying to discuss whether they should reduce the number of headers. You know, that's progressive thinking. You know, people might go, oh, no, change it. You know, I've spoke to a lot of people who go, no, it's just going to change the game. Yes, it is going to change the game, but it's going to change the game for the better. It's going, to make, it's going to make it fair. It's going to make it safer. And we've seen the, the statistics about what happens to... Rugby players, football players, boxers, what happens to them later in life? And we've got to do something about it. The, the statistics are there, so you have to progress it. Now, if we're looking at karate statistics, I know it's not newsworthy, but but I've trained with many uh, veteran karateka that have had 
so many injuries that I think a lot of people probably look at them and think, is that what's going to happen to me? So something, something has to change. Yeah. I mean, like, if you, again, if I go back to professional fighters, if you, you know, people have that misconception that they're animals, that when they train and they beat the shit out of each other constantly, it's like, no, that's, that's fight night. That's once, maybe every six months, four months. You know what I mean? Training is done safely and effectively because they're all well-trained, probably perfect. They all have different coaches for different things. It's all, you know, you can't go, if, you, if you've got a fight coming up and you go, right, I need to go and work on my body, right? You can't get battered and then the next day go and work on your jiu-jitsu. It's all done safely hmm. and they're not doing stupid things like <laughs> like some of the traditional karate people have done in the past i'm sure punching bricks and I, i'm gonna i'm gonna say something else that's that pro- some people are probably gonna think is controversial Do it. but it's about but I, if anyone has any problems they're gonna come and see you yeah if you want to come speak to me about it then do so but here it is so i've been talking to a couple people about Japanese terminology. Mm. Now, I started young in karate. I started when I was nine. And when an adult tells you to do something, especially in a in a formal environment like that, you you, you do it. We, you know, this this is Oizuki. This is Gyakazuki. This is Gerabrai. This is Senkutsudachi. This kata is called this. This drill was called that. And I always thought, okay, well, that's because that's what the drill is called. But if you actually, for for those for those out there that don't actually realise that there are differences between the different Asian countries, a lot of people do. They think they're all the same thing. That if you take like uh, if you were to dissect something that was Chinese, you know, Chinese they use characters. The characters tell a big story, so everything's very symbolic. The Japanese are very straight and linear. Everything everything is exactly what it is. So if Oizuki is a straight punch. A, Zenkutsudachi is a front stance. Everything is exactly what it is. So why are we naming it Japanese? Why are we why are we bringing in new students and teaching them how to say something that would make perfect sense in English, but te- but explaining it in Japanese for the sake of using Japanese? So for, well, an example would be. If I said, right, we're going to do a quick combat drill. We're going to do Kazamazuki, Gakazuki, Mawashizuki, Uruzuki. Mm-hmm. A white belt's going to go, what? But if I said, right, we're going to do jab, cross, hook, and upper, they'll go, oh, yeah, yeah I know that. So why, what, what's the difference? Yeah, why complicate something? <laughs> why make it more complicated? Yeah. By using Japanese terminology. There, there, there's no benefit to it other than the only small benefit is if you're an international instructor. Yeah. That, that is the only reason that that would justify doing that, that you can walk into any dojo anywhere in the world, regardless of what language you speak, and you say, Kazamazuki, Gyakusuki, Moshigeri, Uruzuki, and they'll go, us. Yeah. I mean, for me, that's the reason to to at least use it alongside English is so that if you decide to go and train in another club and they don't use any English terminology, fighting terminology, then at least you understand what's what's being asked of you. 
Mm. I think that's practical if people are going to move clubs. Mm. But like, yeah, like you said, it's a very small percentage that mm. that's useful for. You know, guys like Ian and Patrick who are teaching all over the world. Yeah, makes sense. To... So I'm not necessarily saying we should scrap it. I'm just questioning it. I'm oh, questioning. No. I'm questioning. Uh, is it more work than it's worth? Do you actually gain anything by calling it Kazamizuki instead of lunging can we, open hip punch? When, when we eventually, whenever it may be, get back to training, can we play a really hilarious thing with the students and say that we're not using Japanese terminology for anything, including kata, so that instead of shouting like Hian Shodan, they have to shout like Peaceful Mind number one? <laughs> or like... Or like <laughs> Storming the fortress major? Like, that'd be hilarious. And we've got, like, because the kata names in English are so funny. Do you do, you do it with a Japanese accent? Uh, I've always done it. I've always used... I don't, I don't know why I do it. I guess it comes with the terminology, but but I've if I was shouting a kata, like... The instructor says, you know, state the kata. I always do it with a Japanese accent. I don't know whether that's cultural appropriation or you just do it the way you you've heard it you know what i mean yeah i do it the way i'm told to do it and i try not to laugh even in a grading because i feel like such a pillock <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> no yeah it's yeah i mean is it, is it going to get to a point where we're not going to be able to do that anymore like we make like we we should say us not us <laughs> well we can't you know you can't do that anymore that's that's offensive it's going to get to a point isn't it Maybe, maybe, yeah. I mean, as much as I like to, to rag on Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and as much as I love it as well, they have got some very good Western ways of doing things. They still do the bows, you know, but, it's, you know, they'll, they'll shake hands with people. They'll, at the end of the class, everyone will shake hands with everyone. You know, it's just different ways of doing things other than just, you know, bowing and... Yeah, but you're not you're not bastardizing it, are you? You're, you're in in you're you're either making it you're either making it culturally relevant or you're making it better. You're not you're not making it worse. Well, it's if it's a learning work. process, though, even if you do do something and it does make it worse temporarily, the whole point of this is to find that out and then fix it. Hmm. At the end of the day, you're training to punch someone in the face. It's <laughs> not as big a deal as maybe we and people make it out to be. Do you know what I mean? Like, we put karate on this massive high pedestal that, you know, and, and people do that. It's something that must never be changed. At the end of the day, you're learning to punch someone in the face or to stop them from punching you in the face. Or, and as, as I've discovered that Joe knows this very well the other day, sorry about this, Joe. <laughs> you're learning, as Miss Congeniality says, sing. That's right. <laughs> Joe knows this film better than I would have expected, to be fair. it's From, from a self-protection perspective. Of course, of course. That was the only reason he was interested. Um, so there's um, there's a bit on there where Miss Congeniality, Sandra Bullock, has to uh, do a thing on stage. Her talent disappears. She, it's lost. So she has to call on somebody and she decides to do um, self-defence. And she says, it's all very easy so long as you remember how to sing. And her male opponent comes up behind us and she goes, 
elbows with solar plexus, stamps on his instep, uh, nose and groin. And so the poor chap is like on the floor groaning because she's done this SING acronym. And I just, I, I love that as a, just, just a really simple and direct thing to say to people to teach. I like yeah. it. Yep, love it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, it's the sort of thing, isn't it? It's simple and effective. Yeah. And when we get back to putting all this stuff into practice again. and Yeah. You know. So, yeah, looking forward to that. So, Joe, just going back, so speaking of change and what have you, I mean, you as an instructor have had to deal with massive change, delivering all of your training online and one-to-one when the regulations have allowed it. Um how how have you been doing it? How has it been? Uh, the, I think the whole karate world has been proactive and they were proactive right from the get-go and it was really inspiring. Um, and lots of instructors took at it in different ways. So some took to, to Skype and Zoom. Uh, some had been um, setting up Zoom classes. So they were, they were setting up a, a, a big sort of invitation um setting up a tripod doing a whole class um i was as i said earlier i i i was unfortunately made redundant over last year so if one good thing came out of that it meant that i could commit more time to the club so where i was able to offer video tuition i was also able to provide private tuition within the guidelines and that proved very effective um, I tried to make it as affordable as possible because obviously this year has been difficult financially for everybody um, to be able to get together and do as much as we can. As you can imagine, we probably only were able to practice about 20% of the syllabus. Anything else I wanted to do, we had to kind of be a little bit clever about it. For example, I've been doing what I call socially distanced kumite, which, <laughs> which is... Uh, exactly the same but you're just adding sort of well at least two meters I've, we've done it in classes before where we've been other sides of the field and it seemed to work like you have to it makes you concentrate on your opponent and makes you really focus on what right the punch is coming in i've got to block it i've got to move off this side um because I, I moved to this side i'm going to counter this part of the body so it, it it's still making people think um it's not it's, obviously it's n- it's never going to be as good as getting in the dojo and training but anything you do is better than nothing mm-hmm. and i actually admire a lot of the people that have been um finding clever clever ways to do karate or martial art training uh, over lockdown for i you i use someone like brian bates as an example like he posts a lot of videos of He'll tie a belt around his punch bag. He's got he's got a good setup in his garage, and he'll show you how to practice doing a throw. He'll grab he'll grab the belt and he'll pretend to throw the the punch bag, or he'll do some good drills on his punch bag. I think that's great, like that. that and it's not just it's not just the fact that he's doing it. It's not just the fact that he's being clever and proactive about it, but he's putting it out there. That's the big thing. That's that's where the community aspect is. Uh, has helped people get through is that we've been sharing ideas and that's one of the great things about social media. A lot of people, you know, slag off social media, but I think it's been a really great way to connect. And I I think the the karate world especially has been 
very proactive. Absolutely. Have you have you noticed any benefits, Joe, to the way that you've been training people? Is there anything that has come out of it with this a lot of one-to-one work or training online? Has there been anything that's good for you as a trainer or for your students out of it, do you think? I mean, me personally, it challenged me as a teacher. Yeah. It, re- it really took away a lot of the things I could do and has actually, in some ways, made me a better teacher. Because not only have I got to, I've got to be positive because I have to try and put a positive spin on things because you have a responsibility to do that. But yeah, it's it's really um, taken everything I know and said, right, I want you to do this, but here's a bunch of things you can't do. No, it's almost it's almost like taking away eighty percent of a workman's toolbox. Like, right, do something with that. You can't. Yeah, you, know, you could just moan and go, oh, "I can't do it with me tool." No, you just got to look at what you've got and make some, you know, make lemonade out of lemons. Mm. Um, I think um, it actually helps that the students understand. That's made it really. That's made it a lot more bearable. Is that they get what we? I have. I have to update everybody with what the guidelines are. Um, I guess. Um, it's it's hard for me to find some benefits in it. It really is, but I, I think the the main thing is what I said before is that it's 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 better than nothing. It's allowed me to to pick apart um, something objectively without sort of get, getting too involved. Do you know what? This is actually funny. This is something that me and Greg talked about early last year. Was that in ironic? That I think the last time we spoke, we talked about the difference between 3K karate and um, progressive karate. And something that was never explained to me um, all those years ago was that Kihon and Kata are solo drills. That is their purpose. I mean, if you want to go back historically, it, you, you did it because you weren't allowed to practice martial arts. But in the modern day, it's a solo exercise. So it, it made me question, why do we do solo training in a dojo with other training and experienced karateka when if Kihon Waza is meant to replace Kumite and Kata is meant to replace Bankai, why are we doing solo training in the dojo? Yeah, you learn it, you go away and do it at home. That was, that was a brief conversation me and Greg had before. The irony is... We've, we we have Kihon and Kata mm. for, for 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 COVID. So would it have been wrong of me to say we're scrapping it entirely? I mean, how ironic would that have been if we had said, right, we're changing the syllabus, we're going to take Kihon and Kata completely out of the syllabus, it's no good, it's solo training, you're coming to Dojo, we're going to do some paired up work. And then we have COVID and then we have nothing. Mm. How funny would that have been? <laughs> so the so the three K practitioners are going. Well, yeah, we got everything. We got Kihon. We do on your own. You got Kat. You do on your own. Kumite. Yeah, we'll find a way around that. We'll just, you know you could do like partner A or partner B and just play the part of one of them. Whereas the progressive lot are going. Hmm. We got we got we got to think about how we're going to do this. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. So you do need solar training. Oh yeah, definitely. Is the moral of the story? You do. 
it's good for you to have the discipline to learn your solo training as well and to think about things when you're practicing your kata to you know practice your kata and think about the implications we don't want it to go the other way do we we don't want to go from only solo training to only partner training if you if your training solely relies on on partner training that would be like that would be like relying always relying on a friend to lose weight or go to the gym you know you can't always you can't always rely on other people it, it helps but if you base base your goal on somebody else doing it with you that's a hell of a responsibility for the other person mm. so solo training is crucial yeah. even even not necessarily in a large capacity yeah definitely well and i suppose yeah you need that you need the solo training practice of things like kata but you also need the discipline of practicing on your own yeah the, you know the benefit of practicing yeah. on your own is raises your game hugely yeah yeah definitely. sorry greg you were going to say something but i think your volume kicked out cut out what were you going to say the discipline which i've lacked which i'm going to try and regain there is no try greg oh i like it yeah damn yeah. right <laughs> right on I'm going to have to make a dash, unfortunately. I'll catch up with you hopefully Wednesday, though, Joe. Yes. Yeah, me and Greg are going to be catching up on Wednesday, talking about the new syllabus. So, obviously, a lot of what we talked about today is going to be considered. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, we look forward to that new syllabus when it comes out. Thank you very much for coming to talk to us, Joe. Thank you for having me. It's great, great to see you guys. Yeah. yeah. It's been nice to catch up. And Sorry I've been on my soapbox, but oh, don't if, if it, it. If, it feels good to, to, to <laughs> vent my thoughts. So if anybody wants to raise questions of that, then, you know, write, write to the page. Yeah, we'll put all the links let's in. Just, let's discuss it. In the episode description, any questions or any disagreements, any alternative opinions um yeah. you know I mean, I, I'm, I'm one guy yeah. I'm, not, I'm nothing special i have i have opinions and i'm sharing them that doesn't mean i'm right yeah you know if someone someone might add something or they might maybe they might uh, articulate it better than i did or an opposing opinion you know, you know doesn't mean i'm right <laughs> no right right and yeah like, like any anyone has any disagreements or you know alternate takes then yeah, we'll we'll discuss them on the next one. Awesome, you know, it'd be good to hear other people's opinions on it. Yeah, and I'm guessing the audience for this podcast is very um, progressive, like we are. So if you know anyone that's not, send it to them, and not, I'm, I mean, for genuine interest to see what they think. It's, yeah, good... this is this is not a bashing because. <laughs> Because I used to do this kind of karate, and I've got a lot of friends out there that still do this kind of karate. It's yeah. it, it's it's offering people an opportunity. It's not bashing. I don't want to create a divide. I don't want a Miyagi Do Cobra Kai kind of thing going on because that's eventually that's what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. It would be good to hear some some more three K opinions on what we're talking about. Why maybe they don't subscribe to that idea and it'd be it'd be good to, to to hear so if you know anyone that you know hasn't listened to us that you think should send it over to them 
And for anyone that I guess it, it would probably question a lot of what I did, I've been doing karate for nearly 25 years and 20 of those years I did traditional karate. So I've been there and I've done it. So I'm not pulling this opinion out of thin air. No. You know, I've spent five years, which doesn't sound like a long time, but I've learned many, many things in the past five years that have um, have not dumped what I did before, but it's just it's just moved things on. So it's so I'm not bashing three K karate. I don't know whether you like being called three K karate or traditional karate, but you know, let's let's not argue about it. Let's not create a conflict. Let's let let's discuss it. You know, we're all we're all here. We're all doing karate for the same reason. Yeah. At the end of the day, we all other up in white pajamas that's right black. or black or, or black yeah which we haven't worn yet no in time time <laughs> okay yeah. well more on that next time definitely thanks for coming on joe it's been wonderful to speak to you thank you greg and sue pleasure take care bye take it easy